Well, it's another snowy Sunday, and before anything else, um, we have an important update from last week, because we're men of our word. Um, Hayden Fonger's recommendation was just bouncing off all the walls in both of our heads, ricocheting all over the place. We had to put it to rest. So yesterday, before our uh, lovely hike in Ferguson Canyon together, um, Dan and I uh, took a little journey down to the, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and uh, the experience was interesting. This is the first thing Dan wanted to talk about today. What were your thoughts, Dan? Well, okay, so, you know, this has been so much fun, you know, asking people what their favorite item is at their favorite restaurant, and we go out, and if it interests us, we go out and try it. And so when Hayden said it was the Chicken Chipotle Club at Tropical Smoothie Cafe with the Sunrise Sunset. Paired with, I was going to say paired with. The Sunrise Sunset, sunset smoothie. smoothie. I didn't know whether I should take him seriously or not because he's a funny guy. In fact, a little background on Hayden. Like like on my Strava polls, for those of you that are familiar, follow me on Strava and familiar with my Strava polls. Like one time I, I asked, like, I think I asked the question like, like, what song motivates you the most or something and he typed out the entire song to i'm a barbie girl in a bar he even had like the chorus and everything it took like you had to like scroll down several times and i thought that was like the funniest thing ever and he's like legendary in my mind from that point on that just like was the best thing ever. but he's so such a funny guy that you're not sure i wasn't sure if he was teasing or not because you know, I, at first I thought he was joking. But then at the same time, you're like, we don't want to yuck anyone's yum. You know, like if that yeah. really is your thing, so that's valid. So we went to Tropical Smoothie Cafe. There happens to be one right by our house, and I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I said right by is an exaggeration. It's a, it's still a five-minute drive, but relatively close. Yeah, it's pretty dang close. Pretty, pretty close. And um, I had never been there before that I can think of because I thought – when something calls itself this anything smoothie cafe, I'm like, oh, it's knockoff Jamba Juice. And if I'm ever looking for a smoothie, I'll probably just go to Jamba Juice. And when you recommend food from a place that specializes in smoothies, it's kind of like an afterthought. It's like, I, I don't know. Right. Like that's hmm. Hmm. Um, so anyhow, we tried it. We went there and like the prices were pretty reasonable. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, and we ordered the sandwich and and honestly it was actually surprisingly good so i i should say i came into this when you say i had pretty low sandwich from a smoothie place my expectations are in they're buried they're like the bar is so low you're tripping over it right um it was it was pretty good i it, i i don't think it's the best food in utah no and <laughs> but I think it's it was I was like this is pretty good. I ate it. I'm like that. And, and I typically pretty good. I typically like food from other than Cafe Rio. I like food yeah. from kind of non chains. Right, right, right. You know, and and this, I mean, like when we ordered it, kind of had a like it was presented in kind of like kind of a Taco Bell vibe. You know, yeah, like a little. They bit. had containers that like were designed exactly to fit the food that it was. Well, in. and we should say too, that you're referring specifically there to the container. That carried the case because we also ordered. A oh, quesadilla. we ordered a quesadilla because we were like, we're gonna hike. We need to like here. We may as well actually eat something. Quesadilla was not my friend. It was okay. I, it was it was Taco Bell. 
It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't bad, but, but I was like, mm, this is. They put rice the, in it, which was upsetting. It was fine. It, it was, was fine. fine. It was the good. sandwich, though. I was like, that's. It was surprisingly good. That's pretty. That's pretty okay. You know. Yeah. Um, I would. Or, in fact, when I finished it, I kind of wanted another one. I, now I have to throw out the sides that were available and that came with your sandwich. Those were fascinating. They had yeah. some really interesting. In fact, that's what I enjoyed the most is I got a side of corn. Yeah, which I was like. I can get in the, a cup of corn. Okay, guys, at a listen to me. Place. Okay. This corn was the best, one of the best things I've ever eaten. And I, I love one of the best things you've ever eaten, period. We're not going to qualify that. Well, one of in a pretty long list, I guess. Okay. But it was really, really good. It was so the corn was. I don't know if it's one of the best things I've ever eaten. The corn was really good. It was like a halibut. The corn was corn. Su- surprisingly good. And I, I will say that the only other fast food or fast food adjacent establishment that will sell you corn that I can think of off the top of my head is KFC. Oh, KFC's corn's gross. KFC's corn's not very good. It's like, it tastes like you took corn out of a can, like you drained the liquid out of the can, put it in a cup and microwaved it, right? It's not, it's not bad. Or you put it back on the cob if the... Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, this, I was like, this is really good. This tastes yeah. like something like I'd make at home to go with like a meal that I'm making. You yeah, know? so... I, I wouldn't say it's like it's not really my favorite item at my favorite restaurant, but it was I wasn't disappointed. I was so. I was surprised. Yeah, I so was, good job. Oh, and then the smoothie we forgot. Correct. Smoothie was meh. Smoothie is a smoothie, right? I don't know how you elevate a yeah. smoothie. I think you can only mess up a smoothie, right? Yeah, is that fair? I mean, sugar and fruit, nice. It's going to be it's, pretty it's good. It's pretty good. So yeah, Hayden. Um, good job, do, Hayden. Do we think is this a dub or an oh, L? Yeah, total dub. Total dub. Congratulations. Hayden. I still don't know if he was joking or not, but but verified dub. Either yeah, way. Good job, man. So somebody else reach out to us with their favorite item at their favorite restaurant. And if it interests us, we'll try it. I would say particularly, and this is maybe interesting to me, if there's food that would be like hard for you to defend, if you're like, look, hear me out. No. Del Taco has this. No, thing. no, no. I don't want to waste my money. If it's good. Okay. Well, it's Okay. I'm tr- I'm doing this to find hidden gems. Okay. So. Well, that'll be in next year's series. The bad good. Next year we'll do bad good. Oh, I did have one girl recommend. Um, Emily recommended the is it the pepper chicken? Oh, at Panda Express. Panda Express. Yeah, she wouldn't she wouldn't shut up about that the other day. So well, that, no, it's the pepper. Yeah, the the, the pepper chicken. Yeah, okay, so we we'll have to try it. We'll try chicken. that. Okay. So anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> bikes. Bikes. Yeah. Um. Uh, we just got a couple announcements. Yeah, a couple. Little, we're trying to we're trying to keep things interesting this winter. There there are some things that you can partake in this week. Uh, another running group tomorrow. Um, what time time and place for that, Dan? It's four thirty, and I I'm forgetting the location. Just check your team snap. Check your team snap. Mark your team snap. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, the other one that we're very excited for this week is on Wednesday. We will be doing the first of our Maybird Zwift group rides. Um, we did one or two of these last year, and they were excellent. Tons and tons and tons of fun. So, uh, if you have Zwift, if you've got, if, if you, that's going to be part of your winter setup, really fun to do with people. Um, yeah, I we we, uh, we kind of have a like a group ride, and then you know for those who maybe want to do like a quick lap or something, we'll we'll arrange that. So, yeah. So. Um this first one might be a little rocky, so be patient because yeah. I think it takes a lot. It takes there's a little bit of a learning curve, learning mm-hmm. how to like get Zwift set up, and 
and setting up the event, and then you have to like go and follow, like all set up. You'll have to go like follow me on Zwift so you can see. So like the first time might be a little tricky, um, but once you've done it at, at once, it's it's pretty straightforward, yeah. and it really is a pretty cool feature that they've built in there. Like it's and it really it it makes it super. It's it's a lot more fun. Oh doing gosh. Zwift with people you know. It's, it almost it's, feels kind of real in some ways. It's considerably more engaging. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, too, I was going to look, maybe if we could set up like a Discord thing so people can talk to each other. Um, I'm going to look into that use and the, see how hard the, that is. Yeah. Make sure you have the Zwift companion app downloaded. On your phone. On your phone. <clears throat> on your phone. In addition to the, to the Zwift. Zwift is an app on your computer and on your phone. You'll yeah. need to use them together. To make this and easy. also do, doesn't it need to be on the same Wi-Fi? I believe so. Yes. Like you can't. I I, I think people were having problems where they were like, um, you know, they were using the Zwift on their Wi-Fi, but their phone was on right data or something, and it wouldn't. It has we'll to have all more be in, specific instructions. Yeah. Just make sure you follow Joe on the yeah. Zwift companion app. And, and then and, more instructions will come. We'll, yeah, and he's got like a Ukrainian flag by his name. So I've got, yeah, it's it's just like Joe Draper and then in parentheses it says Maybird. Maybird Reyes, I, yeah. and then you've got a Ukrainian right, right. flag. So, so. Um, but yeah, that'll be Wednesday at 6, right? Yes. Cool, cool. And make sure, like, start the process at 5.15 because it's first time around, the especially first... if you're not technologically inclined. Um, give yourself a sec, get it set up, and then just warm up, you know, like... Please don't start at you know four fifty five, and then we spend half an hour trying to get everyone. You mean five fifty five? Five fifty five. You could start at four fifty five. I won't dissuade yeah, you. Let's... Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, give yourself a sec. This That's probably first what time. I'll do so I get a decent workout in. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, Dan. You're... Anyway, um, uh, six p.m. Um, everyone's welcome. So all ability levels. We want to have like a lot of different people there. It might turn into different groups and stuff. We'll just kind of see. Um, uh, see what people want, but super looking forward to that. Yeah. And one thing I did want to talk about real quick is I did have a few people comment on our last week's topic. Um, I took a hot take on cold showers. It was <laughs> a hot take on cold showers. Is yeah. That clever. Yeah. That is, that is actually pretty clever. Okay. But, um, I, I, I just wanted to point this as it was funny. I was like getting ready to Zwift and, I open up my YouTube and you know how it gives you all those suggested videos. Yeah. Well, one of the videos said the, it said the fastest way to lose weight and increase your testosterone. And it said under that cold showers, the fastest way to lose. It's so funny. Cause I think we're so used to just hearing big flashy unequivocal statements like that on the internet when you actually take three seconds to think about that statement that's probably the stupidest and how thing anyone... monumentally catastrophically idiotic that statement is but it's like for some reason it doesn't even register when you said that i was like oh that just sounds clickbaity but i was like wait a minute that's so dumb i know because like i mean i'm an idiot and everything but i always thought it would have been like diet and exercise yeah you know? Right, but then you think about it. Like, if a YouTube video would have said like diet and exercise, you can't. The an quickest idiot who way doesn't to feel like getting a real job can't sell anything, right? Yeah, the quickest way to lose weight and increase your testosterone. I'm like, nobody would click on that, but like, I'm just imagining oh. myself in a shower, like a cold shower, just getting thinner and thinner, and my chest <laughs> is getting hairier and hairier, and my voice is drying. <laughs> 
<laughs> I finish, I'm just this rail thin. I sound like Darth Vader and I'm looking like <laughs> Bigfoot, you know. How long do you think you'd have to spend in the shower before that happened? What are they saying? Like an hour a day? Probably the rest of your life. Probably the right? rest of your life. Just be I a mean, shower man. If you showered enough that you'd have stopped eating, I could <laughs> <laughs> they they were right oh my gosh if you just shower for two weeks straight you'll come out i don't know about increased testosterone <laughs> but you would lose weight but if you survive yeah i'd imagine you'll lose some weight interesting uh, so. how dumb yeah it was wow funny, but all right um i'm still game if anybody finds any stupid stuff on the internet send it our way and we'll we'll mock it and put it on the internet to well you the know. thing is the cold shower things everywhere like it's hard to find something I want to say, I just like not cold showers in and of themselves being that dumb. We kind of talked about them in detail yeah, they're, last week. they're harmless. The whatever. statement, the quickest way to lose weight and increase testosterone is insanely funny. Like, yeah. I don't, I know they weren't trying to be funny, but that's funny. Like, I could put me in a room alone with a pencil and paper for a month. I'm not coming up with anything remotely as funny as that. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, YouTube's a cesspool. Um, only use it for funny stuff, not serious stuff. Don't be looking no, for serious stuff. You, oh, just yeah. all of it, man. Anyway, yeah, TikTok and Instagram, not a great place to get your nope. training advice. So. Nope, nope, nope. Already gone over that. But yeah. uh, anything else for this week? Running group, Zwift, Hayden's favorite sandwich. Uh, you know, um, yesterday, Joe and I went on a winter hike up Ferguson Canyon. and Yes. I. It was so much fun. It was so it nice. It was so... Like I, I didn't realize how far back that canyon goes, and it was super. Yeah, it was it was so fun, and I felt so good after. I wasn't as sore as I am when I do like summer hikes. Winter um, hiking is just like it's so, and it's so peaceful and beautiful, and you don't like. Andrew showed me some pictures of the Brighton ski line. He went snowboarding at Brighton yesterday. Yeah, and the the line was ridiculous, and he yeah. said that there was like a fist fight in the line because are someone, you serious? Someone cut in line and stuff. And, oh my gosh! And I'm kind of like, man, Joe and I just it was beautiful, and we like got to like as we digested our chicken chipotle sandwich. Yeah. And, um, yep. It was so pretty up there, and just so peaceful and awesome, and it's a good workout, great workout too. Yeah. I will say, you know, like if you have the uh, uh, the skills and ability to do ski touring, that's probably even more fun. But for those of us who don't, yeah, for those of you who are lame and boring like yeah, us, yeah, I was gonna winter say, hiking is an inexpensive and fun. It's an inexpensive and fun hobby for noobs. Fun um, asterisks. Yeah, well, you know, um, but yeah, like uh, if, if you'd like to join us, we, you know, hiking hiking's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're so. probably gonna do a hike Saturday. If anyone wants to come with us, yeah. reach out. We'd like to have more people because. You know, listening to Joe the whole time. Oh, it gets it's a lot. That's tougher than the hike, you know. It's oh I know. I, I have to imagine imagine living in this head. It really <laughs> is a a a a, a car, like it's a carnival of nightmares. Um not a good time at all. Um but yeah. Uh uh any any other any other I think we're good. I think that's it, yeah. We we gotta get ready for the segue. Okay. Yeah, segue time. Joe. Segue time. So I'm really excited for today's topic as because I'm not excited for other week's topics, but this one I've been waiting. I had it marked on my calendar back in April, and I've just been Xing off every day before I go to sleep because I can't wait for the strength training episode this winter. Well, and, and I think like this is going to be one of those annual episodes. This is the kind of the 2023 version. Yep. Um, and actually, before you know, before I start, I actually did forget one announcement. Woo car registration just came out um i sent a team snap message 
about the link that you you go on and you and I remember it being kind of super confusing and you have to go in and mark your times or something and um but that just started um Wukar is a really good program it's it is expensive yep um I, I think it, it ends up being like a couple hundred bucks a month for two times a week so you go eight times a month um and it's three months but art this is what he does for a living you know yeah. he's a professional um he, I'd, I'd say he's the professional i don't there's there he's one of a small hand i i, I know of in fact, there's two strength coaches that are my favorites. One's in Boulder, Colorado, and one's right, one's right here in 33rd. the Oak Creek. Yeah. So, and um, and there's a lot of a lot of hacks, a lot of people that aren't going to help you get faster on your bike. Because um, we should say most strength training is not with cycling or even endurance sports generally in yeah. mind. Um, and and we should say too, Wukar is not to get you yoked. It's not for a beach body. It's for podiums and he's like say what you will because it is expensive art's really good at putting people on podiums yeah he's he's got um he's he's got quite the collection of fast people of that athletes do that, his, works that do his yeah. whole thing <laughs> um, so yeah um yeah but today we are talking about strength training and and i'm not going to talk a lot about like how and like how many reps and what you know because we are not because i'm not an that. expert you know no, no, i know no. i know just enough to be dangerous really right and uh, we should say too that like at the outset the most important thing here i think is safety anytime you're lifting doing anything like that hugely dangerous i think underrated in its dangerousness you can injure yourself really easily the joke is is like you think the guy who walks into the gym gonna go pump iron right you know, like breaks his back, trying to lift something that's too heavy, doing it with poor form. I can tell you from experience, I've done Wukar on and off um, over the years. Um, it's all about form. Do what you can. Tony, like yeah. you have to do it right. It's there's someone there who's watching you who knows what they're doing. Like do not <laughs> go to the gym alone. <laughs> Walk right up to the first rack. Pick the biggest number that would be so cool if you could lift it. And then break your neck because yeah. that's Un like, unless you're using the the dedicated machines at a public gym right, right, right. that i mean those are a lot safer they're not as good yeah because you know it it doesn't incorporate some of the movement patterns right. which and we'll get more into that yeah we'll get but more into the that point is just first thing safety first. first lots of lots of danger here don't yeah. be an well, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec but yeah um but yeah my, my goal today really is just to kind of um kind of present a case why strength training is important which i think is good because not everybody it's, i will say like what percentage of nika riders do you think are lifting one uh, yeah. maybe one percent or less i mean it's it's gaining in popularity like but when, it's we, still... when we first started having kids go to wukar it was kind of a new concept yeah and maybe over the past few years it's been but i still think this is like a competitive advantage for most of you like I would be surprised if your competitors are doing this. This is an advantage that you can have this winter. Yeah, and, but I want to talk about a little why it's an advantage because right. it's a little bit hard to explain. Yeah. Um, like, like it's really easy for me to talk about zone two, as you guys know. Yeah. And in VO2 max training and sweet spot training. And it's really, really easy to explain how those directly make you faster. Right. Um, does does lifting weights make you faster? You know, I, I, I can tell you the intuitive answer would be like probably not as much as other stuff. 
the data that we have right now, if you look at who's winning races um, domestically and internationally, yes, lifting weights does seem to make you considerably faster. And and my answer to that question would be potentially. Potentially. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Did I not answer? Did I not serve your... No, you're right. Because did I like, not serve the script well I mean, there, Dan? Well, well, really, you know, like, like I've said before that um, out of all the late, latest training advancements um, that have come out of the last 10 years or so, I'd say strength training is probably the biggest one. Oh, yeah. But explaining why is a little bit difficult. Because it is somewhat counterintuitive that like... It makes sense that riding your bike makes you faster at riding your bike. It makes sense that running can make you faster at riding your bike. Lifting weights almost kind of seems like the opposite of riding your bike, right? And, and that's why I said potentially. Right. Because I, it has to be done right yes. for there to be a benefit. Right. Um, because cyclists and, don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and right? we'll, we'll like, talk about a, that in a second. But Right. Um, but really, like like weight training does not improve your aerobic engine at all. It has no effect on your VO2 max. It we'll say it probably doesn't it probably won't improve your FTP. You know, it it may or may not, but we'll say it probably won't. Um and and in fact, it could actually make you slower if you do it wrong. Yes. You know. Yeah, so, probably. Um and, and so that's why like you know, it's not something you just go to your local gym and whatever personal trainers on staff you have that guy or gal teach you how to lift you know that's that's not the way to go about it um we'll talk about some options later but so so why would it be beneficial for an endurance athlete specifically cyclists in our case to lift weights you know i i think like thinking about that to invoke art here again um, I remember he said like one time, he was, he's like, in what sporting application would being stronger be a disadvantage? It's ne- like, it isn't right. Yeah. When you put it that way, it kind of sounds obvious. Right. Cause you ask the question, I'm like, oh, well, uh, but then you have, you think of it like, why would you ever not want to be, um, stronger? And I think too, that like cyclists are guilty of the kind of like one trick pony fitness thing where like you're really good at one thing, but you like, you try to do anything yeah, else. You try you to suck. run or hike or walk upstairs or play or basketball. Yeah. Hit a baseball, you know, like do a chin up. Um, yeah. That like you're, you're you kind of, I mean, it's never going to hurt to be the whole package to some extent, mm-hmm. right? We're always going to specialize in cycling and or skiing. I think for most of the people listening to this, but that doesn't mean that you're like a well-rounded athlete. You yeah. Know? And so I would say how I would probably explain the main reason that strength training is important for cyclists um, and and how it potentially makes you faster is, is I like to, you know, you're a car guy, right? We're going to compare it to cars and, and this a analogy, is, yeah. this analogy is used quite a bit, but like what's, what's a really, really good engine? Like what car has a really, really good engine? Just think. Oh, we were talking last night, I was showing you the, the Lexus LFA, the best engine I think ever made okay. and put into an automobile. All right. A Lexus LFA engine. Mm-hmm. Like what would happen if you put an, a Lexus LFA engine into like a, a Dodge Neon? It would, it would it be w- undrivable. Would it be faster? Would the Neon be faster? Probably so long as you could control it. 
but it would be it would be operatively undrivable unless you were really 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 good at at driving a car yeah. <laughs> and, and that and that's kind of the thing like you could have like a really really powerful engine in a car but then everything else has to match it too right. like you have to have like a stronger drive shaft or you have to have stronger engine mounts you need or, better brakes yeah you need better tires you need your suspension to be set up totally differently you need the 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 like the the skeleton of the car the chassis to be able to sustain the forces that a stronger motor creates it's it's really and you know it's funny that you're saying this we talked about this did we talk about this this year right this year last year we talked about with running that a common thing we see with people who are like cyclists and try to get into running is that they've got a really good engine but their body's not up to it and they go and run a really fast 5k the first time they ever run and then they're They're sore sore for for two weeks yeah right it's the same kind of concept. Yeah, same concept. And, you know, and so I think people kind of see where we're going with this. You know, if you're going to, you know, aerobic training, VO2 max training and, and sweet spot training and all that kind of stuff we talk about all the time, that makes your engine awesome. And an awesome engine makes you faster. Oh, yeah. But you really have to have a vehicle that can, that can handle that engine or right. else there's no longevity in the sport. Like think about like, like I don't know how, how many listening have ever had a car that gets around 200,000 miles on it. Um, usually at that point, the, the engine's still fine. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, I'm like car engines like rarely die anymore. You know, like car engines kind of keep going and going and going. But when you get a car that's got like 200,000 miles on it, it's kind of like you start having weird problems with things like engine mounts or like your, the struts start going out or the or seals some, start to corrode over time. Yeah, there's stuff. just like suspension just problems start or to kind of let you down little here and there. valves and, yeah. and like transmission problems and fluids start leaking and stuff, you know, and it's kind of like the engine's still fine. The, the cylinders are still firing. Yeah. But that's not. But the rest that's of not the cars, car. yeah, the rest of the car is kind of falling apart, you know. And so, um, so really, the, 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 I think the biggest reason we do strength training is so we can increase our potential as a cyclist. You know, we can handle developing a bigger aerobic engine and a bigger, stronger motor, but also so we can keep going after two hundred thousand miles or whatever. You know, so mm-hmm. you know it, it's gonna it's going to make it more sustainable and, and just healthy in general. Cause so. we've seen as coaches too. Um, I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this and you've coached a team and maybe you're more experienced, the really fit kid who shows up to the epicish ride on Saturday and is crushing it until hour three or four. And then they can't descend anymore. They're like, they get in the weird posture where their backs all slumped cause they can't hold up their weight. You know, it's like you could be really, really, really fit but if you don't have the ability to just like support yourself on the bike, have you ever seen that before? Like a kid late in the ride just can't descend anymore. Mm-hmm. I've seen that so many, or like we, um, I've done rides as long as I've been coaching where we go up to the top of Snowbird, right? Climb a hidden peak, which takes a minute and it's hard. And then you get to the top and then no one can descend anymore because like there's no core strength and your arms are going out and stuff. And I'm, I'm super guilty of like being lax on taking care of my core and strength training and stuff. And the times that I have focused on it, I've seen monumental improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those benefits a little more in detail, but another benefit of, of strength training, and this one could potentially make you faster is, 
is being better at recruiting motor units in our muscles. I think maybe explain that a little bit more. Okay, so so a motor unit, basically what is, you've got like, you, you'll have a motor neuron that that's connected to a bunch of different muscle fibers. So you're saying a motor neuron, like, a, like in from your brain? From the spine, yeah. Okay. From the spine. From your nervous system. Yeah, from your nervous system. And, and these motor neurons will be connected to various muscle fibers. And these can be like anywhere from like as little as like four to like 2,000. So these, these, these motor units like vary greatly in size. They can be fast twitch. They can be slow twitch. Um, and they're kind of interspersed throughout our muscles. You know, like, like in one muscle, you know, like you can have this motor unit that you'll have several different motor units spread throughout that muscle. And they're like different motor units controlled by the motor neuron are kind of inter intertwined. It's like a motor unit isn't just like on its own. They're kind of right. blended between other motor units. So, um, and, and when, and when we can, when we contract a muscle, a motor unit is either off or on. You can't just kind of, you can't just kind of activate it. It's either on or off. It's like binary. Right. Right. And so how you gain more strength is by recruiting like a whole bunch at one time. And like how you do something really delicate, like pick up a pencil or something is by only recruiting very, very few. So maybe we say like doing a box jump versus trying to stitch a hole in a shirt, like doing something really delicate and fine and this is where we talk about like motor skills, right? You say fine motor skills versus, um, what would you say for what's the opposite of fine motor skills? Gross motor skills. Gross motor skills. Sorry, I was thinking of the word, right? Kind of your, your micro and your macro, right? That like when you're doing a box jump and you crouch down with your whole body and then you have that explosion to jump up, that you're probably, there's like thousands of different things being recruited all over your body where if it's just your fingers, you know, but that's maybe what, a few hundred, I don't know what the scale we're talking about. Yeah, like... Year. Like the, some of the muscles in our eyes only yeah. have like four motor, yeah. have four muscle fibers per motor unit. And like some in our quads have thousands and thousands, you know, so. Well, and in cycling, we're recruiting probably the biggest chunk. If you think about it, like your glutes to your, your calves and your hamstrings to your cat, like, uh, um, uh, like the thigh muscles and everything, um, you're recruiting like half your body if you're going to like get up and sprint up a hill or something. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And and it's interesting how it works too, because like, um, like you never at one time recruit all like in a, in a given muscle, you're never going to recruit a hundred percent of that muscle. You know, you're maybe I've heard like 30 or f up to 30 or 40% at one time. Um, you know, and, and it's partly because muscles are kind of designed to kind of recruit alternate, which, which groups they recruit to kind of, be able to maintain a contraction for longer. Okay. You know, um, if that makes sense. Is this where like people talk about, I've, I've heard people say before that we're all way, way, way stronger than we realize in our brains. And this is where like, like when a kid gets stuck underneath a car and some guy goes and like lifts a car off a kid, like that's the story that comes up all the time that like you have a lot of these things that you can recruit that your body just doesn't under 
normal circumstances, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Or that um, if you need to jump out of the way of a bus that's about to hit you, your body might be able to suddenly recruit a whole bunch of muscle fibers you've never really, you know, used at the same time before, right? Is that is that related? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and that's ultimately, um, and so there's a different when you talk about strength training. There's a difference between strength training and hypertrophy. Okay. And we hyper- define that word really quick. So hypertrophy is like where you're like the cross section of your muscles getting bigger, like your muscle fibers are growing. Opposite of atrophy. Yeah, opposite okay. of atrophy. All right. Um, hyperplasia is where you're actually gaining more new muscle. Um, but but strength training is it's more of like an um, like a, a connection between your mind and your muscles improves. Hmm. So you get better at recruiting more muscle to do a given task. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of the difference between strength training and, and, and hypertrophy. So kind um, of an awkward word, huh? Yeah. Hypertrophy. I have a hard time saying that Hyper, word. Hypertrophy. 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 Hyper, any medical professionals laughing at us right now because we're saying that wrong. Give us patience. Not every word's easy, especially if you're Dan. <laughs> you know, so I think that's an important distinction there. Right. The, a lot of the, like, a, like you could, you could have enormous muscles. Yeah. But if you're, if the neuro connection between your motor units isn't trained well, they're just aesthetic. And that's know? why this kind of, we have a different relationship, I think, with strength training, with lifting in particular than like the average person does because the average person goes to the gym to get jacked, to get swole, right? To like get big muscles. So you look cool without a shirt on, right? Where that's not, that would actually maybe hinder you. That might Mm -hmm. be not maybe. Well, yeah, like that's, that's going to be additional weight. That's not doing much for you on the bike. And that golden power to weight ratio that we always kind of have to be thinking about somewhere in the back of our mind. um, When it comes to performance, like you don't, you know, it's not going to be doing any favors, right? Yeah. So that's why we, we say like art has a specific niche because he's not that. You know, like most people would go to art and be like, what are you talking about? I'm going to do all this work to look the same <laughs> or but, to like yeah. not be. And we'll talk about why, why that happens. Oh, okay. You know, but, but yeah, um, along, along with like where we're talking about motor recruit, motor unit recruitment. One thing that I think is really important to understand is that, like the order that we recruit motor units and muscle groups and so forth. Hmm. Um, so if you go to do a task, you, you, you naturally first recruit small, the smaller groups to larger groups. Like you, oh, you okay. recruit smaller groups first. And then as the need, the demand gets bigger, you keep, you keep using those smaller groups, but larger groups come in to help basically. Oh, okay. So our smaller, like our smaller motor units get used the most. And, and also along those lines is our fast, our, sorry, our slow twitch muscles get recruited first before, before our fast. Do you twitch want to take muscles. two minutes really quick and remind for someone who hasn't heard fast and slow twitch? Cause it seems like those keep coming up. Yeah. We talk about fast and slow twitch a lot. Um, so, and, and don't be confused by like, the fast and the slow, like calling them fast and slow, which really that's kind of an old term, which really doesn't do a great job of describing what would be a better thing to call them. Well, um, this uh, probably like, 
Um, Long and short term. <laughs> so so our our slow twitch muscles are the ones that primarily use fat, have a lot of mitochondria in. They they almost never really actually fatigue. They can kind of go and go and go and go. Um, and and I think that they're you know I, I think the main one of the main differences between like fast and slow twitch is like not how fast they move. Like a lot of people might think that if you're spinning at a really, really high cadence, you're using your fast twitch muscles. Right. And when, which is why they're kind of confusing terms. It's, yeah. It's kind of a confusing term. Um, when in reality, it's more about the amount of force they produce. Okay. You know, so if you're, if you're like at a really, really high cadence, but you're not putting a whole lot of pressure on the pedals to do that, you know, you're using your slow twitch muscles. Where if you're doing a track start and you're doing yeah, if you're, you're, five RPMs for a few seconds. Yeah, those are totally... 1,800 watts. Those are totally fast twitch muscles that are doing it. Right. You know, and, and with your fast twitch muscles, you've got your, your type 2A, which these types of muscles are really kind of flexible and they can kind of adapt to whatever demands that person is kind of placing on them like someone that runs a lot these types of muscles are going to be more behave more like slow twitch muscles and someone that does a lot of like football or box jumps or or other you know they're going to behave more fast twitch and then there's the type 2x muscles which are um they're completely glycolytic they have almost no mitochondria in them and, you know, they're more for like only recruited during like really, really heavy max type efforts, you know, box jumps, m like maximum lifts and that type of stuff, you know. So and we talk about people being fast or slow twitch dominant. You might have heard, oh, that's they're more slow twitch dominant or whatever. And maybe to kind of illustrate this, like if you are listening to this and maybe there's um, Susie who's in your Nike class, who's you've raced against for three years, right? And every single time you have to sprint against Susie or maybe she attacks you all the time and just seems to have the ability to do a crazy amount of watts for a second to get up over a little hump where you're having to slow down and shift and other stuff. Or maybe every time it comes down to a sprint between you and Susie, she smokes you. Is that because she, she's maybe more fast twitch dominant? Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. what would be slow twitch dominant? Is that like when you and I ride together and we're on hour five and I'm completely dead and you're still going? I think that's just because I'm old. Okay, well, that too. But, but no, I, yeah, there, there's people that definitely have dominance one way or the other. But, you know, even people that are, even people that are like, quote unquote, fast twitch dominant still have a large amount of slow twitch muscles too. Right, right, right. You know, like, like people aren't completely one way or the other. It's more of a, a like a spectrum, you know, and some people are a little bit more on one side of the spectrum than the other. And training really can, I, I mean, the more training that you do, almost any training really puts you more towards the slow twitch side of the spectrum. Right. Um, if you want to be really, really fast twitch dominant, you stop training. Right. And your body becomes more fast twitch dominant when you stop training. So Which is why if you took 10 random people off the street and had them do an FTP test against you, anyone listening to this, you'll toast them. But you might, there might be people you could just pull out of the, the, the soda aisle at Target could out sprint who could out sprint you yeah. untrained, right? And this is something I always tell people is like, I came into the sport able to sprint pretty darn good. You know, and people, we, we do like the sprint interval, like the legendary skyline sprint intervals back in the day. And like that just kind of came, like I could just sort of do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, like there were other people where they're like, 
there's no, I didn't train for that. I didn't go out and like work on my sprint a whole bunch. You know, that maybe, that maybe would have made it even better, but like some people just kind of have that in the toolbox and other people just kind of don't, you know, and people that like the people that do my training plans that I train, we do almost no sprinting. Right. You know, it's just my, my philosophy is like, you know, you kind of either got it or not. And well, and, and like, that's kind of the point I was making too, is like some people just kind of have that. And if you don't, don't worry about it. Cause really sprinting doesn't happen as much as we'd like. To yeah. Think. You only sprint. Yeah. You don't really need to know how to sprint until you do. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. But that's kind of the point, right? That like some people are just maybe born with, and isn't it, you've, you've said before, like a greater distribution of mm-hmm. a relatively greater distribution of fast twitch or slow twitch muscle fibers. It's kind of yeah. like a genital thing almost. But in general, pretty much all train, pretty much most aerobic training, well, pretty much all aerobic training is going to swing your pendulum a little more towards the slow twitch. Which is desirable, oh, right? Absolutely. Like it's, it's yeah. never a bad, even for like a track sprinter. Right. Like, like there's not, is there a well, cycling Well, track discipline? sprinter is like a track sprinter. Maybe, yeah, obviously maybe the track them, sprinters are, are not going to want to be very aerobic. I mean, or, like very or, slow twitch. Yeah. They're going to want to be more fast twitch. But even like but, cyclocross guys, like the vast majority yeah, of, of the vast majority of cycling being slow twitch, twitch dominance dominance is a good thing. Better. Okay. So we should do like a whole, Sorry, I think, but I, I think we want to say, cause like not everyone will have heard that. Yeah. So I wanted to clear that up really quick. We can get back to your point though. Okay. Um, so, uh, let's see. <clears throat> let's go back to, well, we, we talked a little bit about, well, you know, we're talking about like motor units and, and how it like recruits kind of the slow twitch first. And then it starts to recruit the fast twitch and it starts with like smaller motor units and goes to bigger motor units. But, um, but the, like, even if you're using the bigger units, you're still using the smaller units as well. So like the smaller motor units and the, the slow twitch motor unit are almost always getting used. Okay. You know, so in that way, strength training actually does make our slow twitch muscle stronger. Okay. So a- along with like, with motor unit recruitment, which is one thing to just kind of like point out real quick is like, um, for for hypertrophy, where you're actually trying to make the, the cross-section of your muscle larger, um, that's done by doing lots and lots of reps, you know, usually around 20. Okay. You know? um, more than that, they, they consider that endurance, you know, but around 20 reps is what, to failure, is, is what, you know, causes the, your muscle fibers to actually grow. Um, where, we're, where we're trying to, like, um, actually improve our mind-muscle connection and be able to recruit, better recruit motor units that way, um, the way to train that is ultimately getting to where, you know, you three to five reps would get you to failure. So you're lifting heavier weights is kind of the, the, the key to, stre- to, to training like motor units and strength over hypertrophy. So to put another way, if you're trying to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're going to focus on a lot of reps, right? Uh, where, uh, around 20, you know, like kind of a lot of reps, kind, kind of a moderately lot of a lot of but reps. But for, for our purposes, if you want to lift like Keegan Swenson, that's going to be more a focus on a smaller number of reps at that a are, higher weight. Heavy. Now, let me just qualify that. That has to be built up too. Right, right, right. You know, if you're new to lifting, um, and we, I was going to talk about this more at the end, but I think I'll mention it now. You, you start with lighter weight and do more until you get the form down. 
Got it. And then once you get the form down and you do it safely, then you can start doing the heavier lifts and so forth. But that's more, the, the emphasis ultimately is more. That's in, what you're trying to get to. Okay. So you can get stronger without getting bigger. Okay. Is, is so this is another, another thing I do think I want to throw out. Any strength training stuff you see online, maybe good or bad, probably almost certainly doesn't apply to our specific focus for weight training, right? Like this is like a really weird way. Because again, most people want to weight train to build big muscles and look good, right? Mm-hmm. Anything you see online, just remember, we, have, have, a, different we have a very specific use case here. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so some more, um, just some more kind of, again, we're just trying to like present a case for why strength training is important. One thing I, I forgot to mention earlier is like, in general, just strength training and lifting weights tends to convert the type 2X fibers, which are the fastest twitch fibers, to the 2B fibers, which are kind of the in-between fibers, which can act aerobically, which is a huge benefit for cyclists too. Um, one, one thing that's, that's a huge, huge benefit too for strength training is because as cyclists, we, are, we constantly are working in a very specific range of motion. You know, we're like our feet are clipped in and our legs are going in a circle. Yeah. And so we're using specific muscles very specifically. And what happens, what happens to cyclists is there's, there's some smaller muscle groups that end up just completely getting turned off. Yeah, that's true. Huh? Yeah. And, um, and this can cause like a lot of problems and probably one of the biggest ones are your glute medius, which mm. is kind of your side butt. Oh, okay. Um, pretty much like so many of the problems, so many of the injuries that, that cyclists get or, or people get in general or can be kind of, especially like with knee injuries and so forth can be traced back to weak glute medius muscles. Really? Yeah. And huh. <clears throat> Yeah, so so strength training along with like some PT and and we'll you know we're gonna talk more about that later, but that can help activate some of these these muscles that have just kind of been turned off. Um, you know, like 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 they've kind of been finding that um, that strength training actually can prevent cramping. Oh, interesting. You know, because because I think a lot of times what happens when when you're riding and you cramp. It's because like, it's not your big, huge, strong muscles that are cramping. It's smaller little groups of muscles near those muscles that have kind of been turned off. But because your bigger muscles are starting to fatigue, those muscles start to get used and they can't, they're not as strong as the other muscles. So, so there, they start getting fatigued and they start to cramp, you know, and, um, by, you know, by strength training, you're using some of these muscles that are near some of the main muscles we use in, in cycling and strengthening them, which can make them more cramp and fatigue resistant. So, hmm. so yeah, so a huge benefit is just basically you're able to kind of reactivate some muscles that have become inactive through cycling. I think it's um, a good reminder, too, that like everything in your body is interconnected and that a problem in one place could be caused by a deficiency in another. Mm-hmm. Like if your knees are hurting, don't just look to your knees, like consider maybe oh, the, yeah. somewhere else in the powertrain. Yeah. You know, like if one wheel isn't turning, it could have to do with the engine that's on the other side of the car. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so strength and mobility through the hip, hips is, 
you know, something we're going to need to talk a lot more about, but um, the hips and glutes. But um, along with like with, with strength training, too, let me just kind of point out that we're not just worried about our muscles being able to produce more force. It's it's kind of bigger than that. It's it's more about being able to do that through certain ranges of motion and so forth, which is which is really considered mobility, you know, and, and flexibility and mobility are kind of two different things, you know, like, um, and, and, and to be honest, this is something like I'm naturally a pretty strong person. Yeah. And I honestly think that for me, mobility is probably something I need to work, focus on more than strength for say. Yeah. Because like, um, you know, and unlike the different, like I think there's kind of confusion between mobility and flexibility. What's the distinction? Because I do need to work on both. Like, like say, like take your hand and try to bend it backwards. You know, like bend your like, fingers back. Like push on your fingers and bend them back with your fingers or something. You know, and when you're pushing on them, however far it can bend back, you know that's how flexible you are. But then take your hand and just try and bend it back on its own without pushing it with the other hand. Oh, uh, okay. That's how mobile you are. You know, it's like... Oh, uh, okay. You know, so there's, there's it's, it's basically how well you're able to move. Kind yeah, of which is a thing that, like... it And, and like, I, I should say, too, if you're listening to this, like, Wukar isn't just... Um, and, and, like, it's not just lifting weights. Like, this is... It's a it's a broad... Like, that's part of, you know, increasing not just, like you said, the force that you can put muscle recruitment. It's mobility and stuff like if you watch like watch like training videos like cycling teams will put them out all the time like here's our winter training camp there will almost always be a yoga component yeah you know and, and let's i mean we definitely think wukar is great but it's not the only way right but i was you, just trying to yeah. say like this like that like, and cycling strength training in general like there's you know you, you, like a lot of body weight stuff goes along with it you know a lot of like you said mobility and flexibility and maybe even kind of a PT component for injury prevention. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's all this cause you can just go out and ride your bike and you'll get pretty good. If you want to take it to the next level and then be like a sustainable lifetime athlete, like this is huge. If you're leaving this on the table, like this whole world of other stuff that isn't pedaling, but that serves making you pedal better. Right. Yeah. And I think we're, and we're definitely, and I want to get Bo to come on to talk more about mobility and flexibility and how important that is. And I think it'll be, and I think that you can't just view these all in isolation. I think, no, I think working on those things too, in conjunction with strength training is just imperative, you know? Um, But some, some other benefits to, to strength training is, is one is it another one is it it really strengthens our skeletons you know when you're lifting heavy weights it puts your skeleton under stress you know it puts stress on your bones which signals your bones to get stronger and and not just that but like the like connective tissues and stuff too yeah right yeah it, it strengthens our connective tissues um and and these things can help you know that that'll help prevent injuries Another thing too, along preventing injuries, if you know, as you strength train, you are going to gain muscle, you know, which gaining a little muscle is fine, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that muscle that you gain is actually going to make it so you're more resilient in crashes and so forth. And, um, I, I have to say as a long-term observer of professional cycling, the number one thing that ends cycling careers is a persistent injury. It can mm-hmm. be a persistent knee injury or back injury seem to be the most common ones. But like 
I think a lot of people hear injury prevention like, oh, just whatever, you know, like that's part of the disclaimer or whatever. Like, the, like you don't want – being injured sucks so, so, so monumentally bad. Um, like just imagine being um, not able to ride your bike in, in like the best part of summer or whatever because you're injured. Like it's – like anything that you can do, especially I think for our – maybe for our um, uh, older riders and, and maybe adult coaches and stuff – who might be more susceptible to, but not even that. I mean, we see plenty of kids who develop injuries that take them off the bike. Mm-hmm. That I just, I just want to say like, don't like, that's not mm-hmm. an afterthought. That's maybe long-term. One of the most important aspects of this is just making it so your body isn't getting hurt all the time. Right. Absolutely. And you know, and obviously being stronger is going to improve like your control of the bike. I've seen this with, with some girls, you know, as they start getting stronger, they, crash they start crashing less they Mm -hmm. have better control of their bike it's super important there um you know and then it just adds variety you know yeah gives you something fun and different to do Mm -hmm. um but i i think that strength training is especially important for our older riders like older Mm -hmm. coaches and stuff like people you know when you start getting your 40s and 50s that's when you know your your muscles start to really deteriorate i think it's especially important for for senior athletes Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, I mean, so there's lots of good reasons to do it. Will it make you faster? Probably if it's done right. Yeah. And, and I know Wukar is expensive and there's other ways to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, Wukar is not the only way. Cause it is, it's something that is it's probably very, the easiest way to do it. Right. It, but it's expensive is maybe the way to look at it. Yeah. And I've got, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a Wukar app and there's another lady in, in Boulder, Aaron Carson, that's got a really good app too. Um, you know, so there's, there's some different options and, and, you know, and, and we can try to and help even suggest things that, you know, could, could be done to, you know, cause I, I realize that it's very cost prohibitive for, Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm not doing it this year. I can't put Amy, I can't afford to put Amy. In I, it, I'd know, love so. to in the future, but yeah. So yeah. I just want people to realize that they're this, that's not the only way to, to become stronger over the winter. And we can, um, and we'll maybe talk a little bit more in another episode about what you can do. Um, but let's talk about too, about like, Probably the biggest concern for most endurance athletes about strength training is what you're going to get bigger, right? Yeah. We, well, not you get bigger, which you're going to be heavier, right? Because and and again, it's like always tricky to talk about weight in this sport. But at the end of the day, you know, you you usually win races by climbing to the top of the hill the fastest. And just the underlying physical rule is stronger and lighter is faster, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause you've heard of like allometric scaling, right? I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically it means like, like in theory, like a giant is not even possible because like, yeah, like structurally the, a body that big couldn't hold up its own weight or something. Right. You know? And like, like cell regeneration can only work like, like living things can only be so big, you know? And, right? and like, is your metabolic rate increases, like as your size increases, the metabolic rate also increases, but it's not at the same rate. So, right. You know, you, you basically would get to a point where you, you're just getting bigger. Isn't necessarily better. No, for performance. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you quadrupled in size with muscle mass, like 
it's hard to move that muscle mass around. You know? Right, so, right, right. So there's really kind of just a happy, healthy medium that you're trying to achieve, you know. And I mean, obviously, you don't want to be a twig. That's not healthy either. There's there's kind of a healthy amount that, w- that we're really trying to go for. Um, <clears throat> if, you know, and, and a thing to point out, too, is, you know, if if you are focusing on strength training, you know, you are going to gain muscle. Yep. And that's fine. That's yeah, that's good. That's fine. You know, but and, and even if it's especially like in the winter that you gain muscle, that's fine. Because when you start riding your bike more, your body kind of gets back to where it needs to be, you know, so. Um, but and, and I've seen it happen so many times, like like kids will get into the gym, start lifting weights, they'll start getting bigger, they'll start gaining muscles this, and it slows them down. You know, if but like again, like if you're if you're not doing it with cycling in mind, if you're kind of yeah. using well, the conventional. But yeah, we're going to talk about how you can get stronger without excessive bulk, you know, and that and so and really that happens because there's, you know, we've talked before about PGC one alpha, which is kind of the the protein that when it's activated, it makes us better endurance athletes. And there's another protein out there called mTOR, which there it's kind of like a completely separate signaling system. mTOR is what, when it's activated, it causes your muscles to grow and causes you to get stronger. And our bodies tend to favor the PGC1-alpha. They're like, they were designed and have evolved to, to favor that adaptation. And so whenever... PGC1 alpha is activated, it shuts off the mTOR activation. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, to put that more simply, aerobic work, like aerobic training, shuts off mTOR, which is what causes us to get bigger and stronger. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and so what, what that means kind of practically. Well, well, so so PGC one alpha after you do an aerobic work, this is active for about three hours. After you do strength training, mTOR is active for almost a day, like maybe oh, like twenty four hours. Wow. Okay. After you know, when you when you do aerobic workouts, it basically shuts off the mTOR. So if strength training was a priority, like if you wanted to get swole, you would want to avoid anything aerobic for about 24 hours after doing your strength training. Like if you're the rock and you're preparing for your upcoming movie and you just want to look big and, and brawny, you'd want to do that. Yeah. You'd want to avoid the aerobic work for about 24 hours after. Okay. Um, if, if strength to weight's a bigger priority, um, you would want to do your aerobic training after strength training to, to shut off that. The mTOR, correct. Yeah, the mTOR, okay. which, yeah, basically signals hypertrophy. So Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really kind of why, like, you can lift weights as a cyclist and not have to worry too much about bulking. No. Yeah. Um, so one thing, and this is called, this is called concurrent training, and one thing that I've just noticed is kids like I've seen a lot of kids, they'll sign up for WUCAR, they'll lift weights during the winter, but they ski and don't ride their bikes at all. And they don't get faster. No. 
No, if you don't train concurrently, lifting weights, I mean, it might be good. You might need it still. Yeah, sure, sure. It's not bad, but like. But it's not going to make you faster. And in fact, strength training with without concurrent training, it, it, it'll tend to convert some of your, um, your slow twitch back to fast twitch. Oh, interesting. You know, which which is, is, again, is, is the wrong way around. Yeah. Okay. Um, but concurrent training, like it'll still help improve those mind muscle connections that we kind of talked about earlier where you're, you know, you've improved being able to recruit motor units better. It'll, it'll improve those and maintain those. So you will get stronger without excessive bulking. Um, but yeah, if you, if you just try to do the strength training without the aerobic training, it's really not going to make you faster. Just one more time. Got to be doing something aerobic in the winter. You really Ride, do. Riding lifts and skiing down doesn't, it doesn't count. It's great. Lots of fun. Doesn't count. Yeah. Concurrent training is, is super, super important. Um, so just a couple of things about just kind of to wrap up. One thing about strength training I just want to point out is there used to be a time where people kind of debated whether it was good or not for, for endurance athletes to do that debates pretty much over. Yep. I I don't think anyone out there is going to tell you that it's bad. I think the thing that's debatable is how far into the season to do it. Yeah. You know, there's um, a lot of coaches still think that you should just do it during the winter. Um, Some are saying it should be done throughout the season. Um, My thing on that would be, you put more of a focus on it during the winter, during the actual riding and racing season, you back it down to like a bare minimum, like just kind of the minimum effective dose to kind of maintain some of those movement patterns. You're definitely not, I wouldn't say during the riding and racing season, you're trying to increase strength or make gains uh, because it really shouldn't come at the peril of your high quality interval type workouts. Right. You shouldn't be like in, you know, August lifting so hard that you need two days off. Yeah. Got it. Um, one important thing about the maintenance of strength gains is a lot of that's done through your diet. You know, we talked about protein before, um, you know, just kind of taking small amounts of protein throughout the day is going to help maintain some of your, your, your strength gains, but they really should be gained maintained throughout the season, but just kind of at like a, just kind of a, a minimum dose. So, um, but I, I do think it's important to maintain them because you will lose them shortly after. So, um, just, you know, we'll, we'll probably, uh, we'll, I'd like to talk a little bit more about like, you know, how to do this. Cause like I say, Wukar is super expensive and not, not, not everyone can do it. Not everyone can do it, you know. And if, if that's the case, there are some other options. I know Wukar does have an app yeah, that you can use. And um, Aaron Carson out of Boulder has an app that's pretty good. My experience has been a lot of times people that use the apps don't actually use them. You know, if you're actually yep. paying for a class, you go to the class. When you got to show up at Thursday at four, um, it's more motivation, right? Yeah. You know, I, I'd be wary of somebody that doesn't understand strength training for endurance athletes. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a lot of people, like if you just go to Gold's Gym and you got some bro there, you know, that's probably not his goal. There's um, probably not something you can just find on YouTube. I mean, there might be. I don't know if GCN's well, we'll, ever we'll done. Talk, I think we'll talk some more about, but the general principles are, you know, you're going to start out with more reps until you can do it safely and with good form. But ultimately, the the type of the the type of workouts you're the lifting you're going to want to do is lower rep, you know, between like three and five reps at a lot of force. You Got know? it. And that's ultimately what we're kind of looking for. But um, in in upcoming episodes too, I think we're gonna we really need to talk more too about just general PT and and core. And, and all those things just kind of, it's all part of the picture. Right. And it's all part of, you know. All part of, of a balanced breakfast, right? Yeah, all part yeah. of making that car so it can handle that big, fancy LFA engine you're talking right. about. So You can't put a V10 and a Dodge Neon. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, that's, that's, that's all I've got for today. Any questions about this, direct them our way. Um, uh, as always, focus on safety. Make sure we're doing aerobic stuff. Um, running group uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, look for look at Team Snap. Uh, Zwift group ride Wednesday. Look for Team Snap. Um, anything else you want to throw out, Dan? I think we're good. Have fun. All right, Have a folks. fun winter. We will talk to you next week.